Welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Earl Silva, a graphic artist, game designer, and owner of Terrier Games. Terrier Games is an indie publisher that specializes in small footprint games with their titles available on their website as well as thegamecrafter.com. Earl, welcome to the bench. How are you doing? Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. Um, I, as soon as I saw like your portfolio of these kind of small footprint games, I thought perfect fit for the binge. This is the kind of secret sauce that people really listen in and tune in to kind of get into the weeds on game design, game development. And there's this whole genre, quite frankly, around small format games, right? So I thought that, uh, you know, we invite you on the binge and, uh, we're going to get into that in today's episode. Before we get started, I always love to ask people, how did you get into the industry in the first place? Like, how long have you been gaming for? Uh, well, you know, typically, like everybody else, I uh, was playing the uh, the older games. The I played, I did play Monopoly, played Clue. Um, my big game growing up was Backgammon, believe it or not. I don't know okay. what it was. It must have been the fact that, you know, came in the, the suitcase yep. case kind of thing. Um, I just, I, I loved it. Nobody wanted to play, so... It's rare that I got to play, but that that's um, what I would play. Um, I was into games, though. I was more of a um, like a console gamer, uh, like digital games. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. It wasn't until later that I started playing the board games, um, and mostly it's just a, a product of my my environment. Like I, I, I started getting people to play, or we had the pandemic and stuff. And I got people to play, so I was late to the game. But um, as you can tell, like I, I love them now, so. I'm here. That's all that matters. And, and like, and so what, like, what's your day job? Like, what do you do outside of board games? Like when you're not uh, in like full on creation mode? Um, so I went to school for graphic design. Oh, cool. um, I haven't really worked too much or too deeply within the industry yet. Um, I'm still, still young, still trying to get my footing. Yeah. Um, and the day job I did have, I did get uh, displaced because of the pandemic and all that yeah. stuff. So that's actually where I sort of decided, Hey, I better, now was my chance to start doing the games that I wanted to do. Um, might as well just just go with it. And so that's kind of where I'm right now is um, I still do uh, freelance work and now doing the games also. So it, it's, it doesn't surprise me because the number of people I've talked to in this industry that said, you know, I was dabbling before, um, but COVID either A through again, you know, displacement uh, of work or just being locked in my house with nowhere to go. Um, now you got all this extra time, right? And a lot of people have said, you know, I'm going to pump that into creation mode, into game creation mode. So, you know, it's cool to kind of, to, to hear that and, and, and see some of these creations you've come out with. So what is the, so Terrier Games, is that, so you've, has this been around then I guess for, is it, I guess two years, is that when it's been formally like a company for you or? Um, yeah, so I, I did start under a different name, a different logo. Um, and you know, I hit the ground running and, but I, I came across another designer with not the same logo, but a similar one. So I was just kind of like, well, if I'm going to do this, I, I don't want to have any issues. So I'm just going to scratch it and then start over. And, um, we have a Boston Terrier that's been our, uh, family dog for a while. And so I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to play around with that. Came up with something real quick. My wife was like, oh, that's cute. And I was like, she said cute. And I was like, <laughs> let's try that i haven't had that response with the logo yet so i was like let's see what cute does for me and um you know and i, I still i like it because it's kind of like a homage to him i mean he's not gonna sadly they don't 
you know, stick around forever. So yeah. Yeah, he's been a good boy. So that's come, kind of my, um, my, uh, th- you know, my thing for him. So great. Dogs when he does too. Go, yeah. When he goes, I mean, he's, he's our first child basically. So <laughs> Yeah, I, and for people who are watching live or watching the replay, you'll see in the bottom left-hand corner, uh, right below Earl's um, uh, window, you can see his logo, Terrier Games. I am just—I'm embarrassed. I'm just seeing the dog now. The first few times I saw it, I saw the castle, I saw the keyhole. Until see, you mentioned the, it this second, I did not know. But now I can't unsee it, <laughs> right? Yeah, you're—you're you're actually surprisingly the second person that said that to me. Um, I did a—I had somebody who did a piece in a e-zine on me and he was like yeah you know for the longest time i just saw this castle thing and then my wife was like that's a dog and he was like oh well, like I, you know i didn't i didn't notice so i was kind of like i was kind of funny i was like I, I see it right away but then you know it's kind of like I, the fedex logo right the arrow and the fedex logo that people don't see until someone points it out and then once somebody points it out you can't unsee it right like it's quite yeah. clever that's a very clever logo it's kind of it. funny because the more i kind of look at it it's sort of defined um what i do as a company because it's basically it's a bunch of game pieces to create this like another piece and yeah. i've come out with my games i realized oh yeah i kind of do try and recycle pieces that are already exist and make something new out of it so it kind of just fits so i was like all right works so what was the first game you created like what what was kind of the the lead domino that started this whole kind of journey for you um like as as terry games or just as a designer just as you as a designer as a designer um so I kind of started back um, getting out of high school. I was really getting into um, craft brewing. You know, basically I, I'm into yeah. anything where I, I can use my hands and make something out of nothing. So I got really into craft beer. Um, my wife and I moved up to Sacramento and there's a huge beer scene out there. And so I decided, oh, I'll do um, a craft beer blog. Like why not? Everybody does it. And so I was doing it for a while, got a, a good couple thousand followers and was like, okay, I need to give back to this community so i thought well i'm a graphic designer i can make i'll make some playing cards or something because when you go to the breweries um that's what you do you, know, you yeah get your fire beers um they have games there cornhole like card games all this stuff so i was like okay i'll make a like a beer themed deck of cards or something and just have that as like a thank you and i started you know make, you know designing making and going like okay well i could just make a game like you know so we have something to play anyway and it just it basically kind of snowballed from there. So the first game, I don't even think I gave it a name. Uh, actually, no, I think it was um, it was kind of like a rock, paper, scissors uh, style game called uh, Bottle Label Beer. Okay. Basically, yeah, you just uh, you go around um, like a small map and then uh, try and dominate the map. It's like you have four in a row, but the way you change out the pieces with rock, paper, scissors. So, um, but yeah, but from there, it just kind of, snowballed and then i started getting more into the board game hobby and then met a lot of great people and i was kind of like wow like i kind of want to keep doing this so i've kind of yeah. put brewing in the back burner and started playing games but and then when did you decide to do this kind of small format uh, or this fo- small kind of footprint style game um again i i'm just a product of my environment um mm. i don't have um we've been moving around a lot so i haven't really been able to establish a good game shelf so even the games I'm kind of picking up are on the smaller side mm. and it naturally, it was like, okay, well, if I want to make and play a bunch of games, I have to be able to store them, keep them, have them around, or even just bring them out to have people try. 
they just ended up being small. And so, um, yeah, I discovered the whole tiny, uh, the mint, minting games, yep. the micro games, the small games, and we're just like, I could do that. Like, it's just, it, basically, I can have the same game that I've made and just make this, the pieces smaller. So it was just kind of a natural fit based on, you know, my, uh, my lifestyle. And how did that evolve into like the game crafter? Right. Cause I've, I've noticed it on your, um, I'll show your website here. So on your website, you've got, I mean, there's lots of titles. You've got roll them in, roll a lantern, um, heroes yeah, the, greed. Uh, uh, the game crafter was, was really my saving. Um, so when I first, uh, looked into, like I said, coming out with that car, uh, the car game for my, my craft beer community, um, there was two sites that I found. There's one, I believe it was uh, makingplayingcards.com or something. Yep, I've used them. They're great. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah they've had to be out of, I think, stamps. I should get it shipped pretty quick, um, but they're just cards. And then the other one I came across was the Game Crafter. And when I could not figure out the Game Crafter, I just, I got frustrated with it and I was like, all right, I'm just not going to use it. So I started using the uh, makeplaincards.com and so a lot of my early designs were really card based yeah um, i wanted to make board games so i just thought okay well i'll just make the games i'll design them in a way where all the pieces all the components the trackers everything you're using cards and i was doing that for a while and then i would run it through people and they're like well like this is, this is nice but i could tell they wanted something a little more tech that's when i um I was like, all right, I'm gonna try and figure out this other comp this other brand because um, they have the pieces, they provide it. Kind of figuring out um, how to use it, and then once I figured out how to use it, I was like, oh, this is great! Like they actually have like their own little store I can put stuff on, and then um, that's really what's kept me above water, I guess, because I, I can't really dish out the money, and everything to buy a bunch of copies. So having that print on demand service, yeah, um, that's kind of where I modeled my my company after. So it's allowed me to basically come up with stuff, pump it out, get it out real quick. So there's no, there's no Kickstarters. There's no waiting to get it. As soon yeah. as you see, see me post it, you like it, it's going to be available real quick. So I'm sharing this page for people to see. I'm on the actual game, your, your Game Crafter page within Game Crafter. The one of the cool things about Game Crafter is you can actually have your own store within their kind of commerce section, right? Which uh, as you said, if you want to create literally one copy, you can create one copy, right? And somebody, and you put on there for people to buy and, you know, you'll get your commissions off it and so forth based on what you've put up there. And there is a learning curve, right? So I'll acknowledge that yeah. there is a learning curve, but so man, right my, my page on there's like, um, I'm still trying to, even my website, um, it's all, I'm just, everything's new. So I'm still yeah. trying to pump the full information and get pictures and, and stuff on there. So it's a little basic right now, but. Yeah, but once you figure it out, it, it is it is such a handy tool. I I use like you. I started off with makeplayingcards.com, uh, mm -hmm. and I was using that for some card based games I was doing as prototypes. Um, and then the game craft, the same thing. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna just I gotta teach myself how to figure this out. And once you kind of get and there's a lot of like online tools that actually show you how to navigate it. Um, but once you figure okay. it out, but yeah. It's pretty handy, right? And it, and you can you can iterate quick. Um, they've got stock components you can even pull from. So if there's like if you don't have to go and figure out okay where can I get dice and things like that. Like there's a lot of standardized components they even have. They've got templates set up. So if you want to do like standees and so forth, 
it's it's everything you need to to create a game is in there and you can create some pretty slick looking games especially someone like yourself who's actually uh like a graphic designer right yeah i mean there's still some pros and cons like um for the first game i came out with um using the game crafter for terry games was uh roll them in mm-hmm. like basically a, a fishing tournament kind of themed game and originally they had um these uh, really cool boat um pieces Yep. They're like little boats. So that's what I worked into the design. And then when I went to throw it up there, they were like, oh, these are pieces are discontinued. So I was kind of like, okay, great. Uh, oh, I don't want to use, I, I mean, you can make the custom pieces, but it would just add to the price. And I kind of want to keep mine at a low price. Yeah. And yeah, the rationale going- for that is what they'll do is they'll actually go and buy um, like the remainder of a run, right? So <laughs> say Stonemaier Games. So they, so they go and create a game and um, you know, they'll have X because you have your molds and so forth. They have X number of pieces made and they always make extra just in case you know, there's issues with shipping or people have broken pieces and so forth. But once all that's done, often yeah, they're, they're left off over with the stock of just pieces, right? Yeah. That they're never going to use. And so the game crafter will actually go and scoop those up and then they'll put them on their store and uh, and sell them through their store. So you, you got some pros and cons there, but yeah. uh, certainly the, the, the pros out there, I think far, far away the cons. Oh, yeah. What I love the most about them and this isn't an hour. I don't get paid by GameCraft or anything like that. I'm just a fan, right? Because I use their service and I've been using it a lot more lately. Is that they are constantly looking to get to the next step. So what else can they do to their site to improve it? What else can they do to their services to improve it? What else can they offer as a template for someone uh, to, to stand as a standardized template so somebody can have that for their game? And not every site does that. So the fact that they're constantly trying to do that I, I dig that. I really do. I, I love yeah, it. So. Yeah, they definitely. Yeah, they definitely go one step above. I mean, they have the store, but they also promote um, on the website. Yeah, and they don't, they're not charging for it. You know, they just you know because it's traffic into the website. So it's something yeah. like that. You know, especially for like small time designer like myself, um, it's free promotion. So that's also great too. Yeah, it's super cool. So these games that you have on here, like I noticed that there is a hockey game too, which looked really, really cool. And I'm not just saying that because I'm Canadian. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, it it did look like a really cool game. So in a case like that, like how did you make that game in the first place? Because I, I don't see it on the Game Crafter. So is this something that you made yourself? Yeah, or? That was, so that was um, another one of my earlier uh, designs. And I decided to pull it um, from the Game Crafter because I... Um, and just after having it for a while, I, I wanted to make some changes to it. So that one, um, I'm going to put back up eventually, um, but I did pull it down. Um, and that's just, mm-hmm. again, like, I'm a hockey fan too. So um, I, I wanted to have a game that was hockey themed. And from what I saw um, just out there in the world, there wasn't anything like I wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like I said, my tastes have changed as I've made more games so i kind of want to revisit that um originally it was sort of like a i guess like a chess style um game but where the board constantly changes i thought that was really cool but um i kind of want to dive more into the theme and make it a little more thematic uh Mm. than just like a game with the hockey theme slapped onto it so uh, yes i'm gonna rework that one i i took it off but that reminds me i saw an interview recently with ed sheeran and he was um talking about his songwriting and I thought, you know, wow, that that's almost similar to the board game industry where he's like, you know, the best way to become a good songwriter is just write a lot of songs. And mm-hmm. he says, you know, if he goes back to his, the songs he wrote when he first started, he says, most of them are, are, are garbage, <laughs> but you know, by, by continuing to write songs and he was literally writing a song a day, 
uh, he got better and better and better at it. Now he's one of the, you know, biggest recording artists in the world and songwriters in the world. And I see board games very similar to that as well, that if, if you're constantly creating games, right, you will see that through this iterative process, you're going to see the quality improve over time. I even say to people, play as many games as you can, right? Play as many games as you can. I try to play a different game every week if possible, because, you know, there's going to be certain things that I've never even thought of. And an idea might get sparked by, you know, playing, a, you know, maybe you've never played Dominion yep. before. Well, play yep. Dominion. Now you know how to do, um, you know, a deck builder, right? Things like that. So certain mechanics, try to introduce yourself to as many different mechanics as you possibly can. So uh, so I, I can kind of relate how you want to go back to it. And I'm doing that too uh, with some of my creations where I'm going back to the initial creation thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's that point as a, as a designer, it's like um, when you actually finished with the game, and so you play it and then you're like, someone will mention something and, you know, you have play tested it and play it all you want. And then you play it with that new idea and you're like, oh Damn. man, I'm like, <laughs> like, dang it. So that's also a, a nice thing with the game crafters. It's so easy to just pop it up and throw it down and put it back up. I mean, if you want to establish yourself, you know, you can't be doing that. Um, but versus like having to order, you know, a thousand some odd copies from China or something and wait for it to get shipped. Um, you know, you can just do everything within the website and then fix it real quick. You know, like I've, um, I'll admit, I've, I've had some uh, issues with some of my rule books, just spilling grammar stuff. And someone brings my attention. It's like, oh, you know, okay. So I'll go up there change it real quick. And then it's, it's fixed. You know, I didn't yeah. really, it didn't really hurt me too, too much, but. Tabletop simulators like that too, where, you know, you can iterate very, very fast, right? Mm-hmm. It literally just uploading a new file and then bang, you know, everything is updated. Gamecrafter yeah. is, uh, I can relate to that. That's uh, very similar as well. Your, can you describe your process? So are you theme first, mechanics first? How, how do you how do you approach it? I'm all over the place. Um, <laughs> the last one I came up with, uh, the Roll of Lantern, yeah. um, that was, um, I was uh, mechanic first, um, something like that. Hockey game was theme first. Um, it's just, it really just depends on what comes, what pops in my brain. Is it, you know, if, if I'm at kind of a slow uh, time and I'm like, well, okay, I should probably think about working on another game. Then I'll kind of go into, okay, well, what kind of game do I want to play? What mechanics do I want in it? And then there's sometimes I'm just sitting here. I'm like, oh, like I have an idea for game and then, and I'll pump it out. So I'm, I'm all over the place. Um, it, it would be really hard for me to give advice because um, I, I do a little bit of everything, everything you, you hear on other podcasts and everything. It's I, I, everything basically. Yeah. Now recently, uh, if anybody's following your, your Instagram page, and I'm going to show that on, uh, on screen here as well. Um, you've started to really dive into this world of pixel art. Can you explain mm-hmm. what pixel art is to the, to the lay person? Um, well, I mean, as I said, I'm still exploring it. Um, and I'll go and I'll just go on a tangent real quick. Um, the reason why I've started doing more pixel stuff is that's kind of how I approach my games really is, um, I kind of go into it from an artist's point of view more than like a company or a publisher's point of view, even though I am a publisher and I like to kind of give myself projects like, um, before I was into the pixel stuff, I was actually getting into a lot of like ASCII art which okay. is using, um, you know, text and letters and basically like typing to create images. And so I actually made a game using that kind of art, but um, I didn't really care for it. And so I kind of moved on to something else. So my next kind of um, project just to grow, you know, advance my skills as an artist, I thought, okay, well, I really like the pixel kind of um, 
idea in the pixel thought, which is that kind of retro um, art style you see with the like video games, like Game Boys and mm-hmm. video game kind of style art. Um, and so I started into it and I started making these little um, characters. And then I started thinking like, okay, well, I can actually use this for a game. And so I made some um, like dungeon crawling, um, you know, themed kind of stuff. And so I started doing that and I started working on a game and that really didn't work out. Um, so then my my mission was, okay, well, I like this kind of art, so I'm going to kind of get into it and just see what I can do with it. And then from that, a couple games have like sparked from it. So I have the uh, Path of Rivals on there. Um, and that one was... Um, more of a monumental task than I thought. Um, originally, I started making these little these little creatures, and I thought, okay, well, you know, I'm a fan of Pokemon. I'm kind of into it, so I was like, maybe I can make something like that. And then the more I made it, I'm like, man, like, I'm just, I, I give them props because they, you know, even the original was at 150 or something. Like, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Like, just for, you know, have to interlace everything together. So, with a, with a board game like that, I was like, man, like, I'm gonna end up having to make like a hundred or so of these little creatures. And I was like, you know, I don't even know if my work's any good yet, like as a pixel artist or anything. So, sure. um, but yeah, that, that's, that's also kind of my process too, is I like to um, give myself sort of an art challenge and then kind of work that into a game or something just because I like also making games on the side. So, um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a hobby collector, so I like to try and have everything work together. Um, yeah. That way I can do everything all at once. Um, and so, yeah, that was one of those projects where I was like, okay, well, I already made up my mind. I'm going to use pixel art for this game. And then um, because I'm using the game crafter and um, in Instagram and stuff like that, I can actually throw my stuff out there and show everyone the, my process as I'm going. Mm-hmm. And so they're also kind of helping me, you know, everyone who comments and, and talks to me and everything helps shape all the games because I can tell like, okay, I need to work on this then because people don't understand what this is or what this looks like and stuff. So um, that my, my, like I said, my process is really kind of on the fly. Yeah. How do you, how do you do your play testing? Is it like, uh, do you send out like print and plays or, or how, how do you do that? Like what's your process um, for play testing? So, you know, I, I play it myself. Um, I'll throw it in front of family, throw it in front of friends, uh, friends of friends. Um, uh Depending on where we're at, because I said we, we're moving around a lot. Um, if yeah. I can find a game store, um, I'll go at a game store and just ask people if they want to play. Um, my games are usually fairly simple. Um, mm. So kind of running it through. Um, I like to look for different. Um, how do I say it? So like I'll get like some females to play it, males, kids, like just a, yeah. a good mix of demographics and just see like if it's working here and there. So um, I don't have the resources to really play test substantially like a lot of the bigger, bigger people, but, sure. um, yeah. but I mean, I, I mean, I can't, so I it can't be negative and say like, I don't need to do that, but um, my games have pretty much been straightforward yeah. and, and have worked out. So I haven't really come across a lot of problems. That I'm like, okay, I need to, to run this more. So I'll run as much as I can. And then when I'm, I'm not have really having any issues anymore, I'm like, okay, this is this is working. It's done, and then I send yeah. it out. And you've so. given some of your games away for free too. Like I've seen on your site that you're like, these are these are free to download. So I guess they're they're print and plays the the free ones, are they? Or um, no, so I actually haven't done any print and plays. Um, 
part of that early design style I had with just being able to have a card printer, like manufacturer, yeah. um, I've found that a really good tool for me is just using a regular standard deck of cards. And, um, you know, kind of learning the game crafter before I was actually using it um, like as my main, my main thing. Um, sometimes I would play the games just using the deck of cards mm -hmm. and I would have to kind of like, you know tell the story like hey just pretend this is this pretend this is this and then i kind of had this idea of like well if they you know if, you know my family and these people who aren't super big gamers but they understand what i'm doing i could actually just you know have this release this game as just it's bare bones a deck of cards and people can use basically everyone already has it so it would be free to play and you know that was like i said when we were doing doing the um, lockdowns of the pandemic yeah, and you know, the shipping and everything was bad. So I was like, here I can get, I can make my games, get them out there, make a name for myself, and no cost to anybody. And like, who, who wouldn't want to play a free game? So yeah, you know, provide provides players with some free stuff to play. And and most and people have like cards too, right? And if you don't, like the local dollar yeah. store, you can get like yeah, I mean, if you, nothing, if you right? Come, yeah, if you come across any of my pages or my sites or anything like that, you probably have a deck of cards somewhere. Yeah, around so. I just thought it was a really, um, you know, really versatile thing to be able to like, oh, like you know, this guy's having this, you know, having free. And I've, I've seen some other designers do it too, um, mostly like uh, dungeon crawler style games. Yeah. You know, you're throwing the cards out. And so I just, I just thought like, why not add to that? You know, it's not going to cost anybody anything. And that's one thing during the pandemic that was really cool is I saw a lot of uh, game designers do that say, hey, I'm going to put this game over. We designed this game just because we're bored. We're going to throw it there for people to play. All you need is a deck of cards. And yeah, uh, and like, it's cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I understand. Like, um, I, like I'm a small publisher. I, I don't really plan on competing with yeah. a lot of the big boys. So like I, said, I just, I just like to do things different. And I thought this would be a very different approach is just like, Hey, just give stuff away. I want to. Yeah. So I don't even really see as caught in Chandler Copenhaver from, um, uh backer kit now i was formerly a crowd ox uh he he's got his saying of coopetition right where is the one industry out there where everyone is kind of trying to help each other right and like beer I, yeah know, i was just about to say yeah it's just like beer right yeah if, you, if you're gonna people say they don't like beer well they haven't tried every beer. there's so much beer out there and yep. one beer might somebody might like one kind of beer Another person might say that kind of beer gives me heartburn. Uh, you know, I'll only drink uh, lagers. So there's so many different games out there. There's something for everybody. And, uh, and certainly it's a large sandbox for everybody to play in. So, so far it's, uh, it's been pretty friendly and uh, most people try to help each other, which I think is really oh, cool. Yeah. That's, yeah. Like even the, the craft beer community, when I was kind of diving into that, um, you could walk up to any, any brewer, like uh, go to a brewery, like a big one and just say yeah. like, Hey, how do you make this? And they'll tell you. You know, because, they, you know, there's that huge barrier of entry that, you know, they're not going to you're not gonna go out and go start a brewery with their recipes or anything like they're, yeah. they're very open. And so um, that's also why I kind of uh, latched onto the board game community, because same thing. They're very open. Like, you know, oh, yeah. like even um, I heard you talking about Catan on a previous podcast. So it popped <laughs> in my head. But, yeah, he has all his his notes and everything up there on, on his website. Like, hey, this is my you know, this is how I came up with this idea. This is how I yeah. changed this stuff. So, I, I just, I really liked that approach. And I thought like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to be very open about everything. So a lot of, you know, posts you'll see on my Instagram is just me throwing out like unfinished work and just like, Hey, yeah. what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And it, it's kind of helped me gain a little confidence. I'm not like, uh, like, I don't want to throw this you know game out in front of somebody yet. Cause I'm not sure. I just, 
I just throw it out now. So, and that's also um, a nice thing too, is when I was getting into game design, um, I was trying to research and see like, well, how, you know, where do you start? Like, what do, what do you do? And I wasn't really finding anything. There was a lot of stuff where people had already made something and like, well, I did this, but I was like, yeah. I want to see that the whole thing from the very start to the very beginning, like what happens in between. And now I'm finding out like, there's really nothing. Like you wake up one day, you got the idea popped in your head and then you just go. So yeah. I'm kind of like, okay, I can see why it's not really out there, but I'm trying to be as, as out there as I can. So that way, like if anyone is interested in my stuff, like you'll see yeah. it from the very beginning. Like, oh, that's cool. Like I remember the back when that was like, it had a different theme and it was about this or something. So there are some books on game design too. And so like, I know Joe Slack, we've had him on the podcast before and he actually teaches a course on game design. So for people that don't have kind of the ideas pouring out and kind of that uh, MacGyver kind of mentality of, I'm just going to figure out how to make it with the, the materials I have in front of me, but have some ideas and want to get into the design. Well, there are some structure programs out there that people can participate in that can help them yeah. kind of get there. And uh, Stonemeyer Games, uh, we plug them all the time on the podcast because Jamie Stagmeyer uh, has given a lot back to this, uh, this community and his website has like a paint by numbers, uh, blog yep. on how to do everything from A to Z, which is really cool. Where does yeah. Terrier games go from here? Like what, what's your next kind of level that you look, you're looking to get to, is it eventually Kickstarter or kind of where do you go from here? So, I mean, I've always, like, I, I frequent Kickstarter. Uh, most of the games I have that I do own are Kickstarter projects that I've backed. Um, but I don't plan on being on Kickstarter. Um, it, 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 you know, it comes back to, there was, um, I saw an interview with Tom Vassell and some yeah. other designers and it was early on when I was starting this and he was just like, man, like, you know, if you, if you want to get into the game design, you can't do it for the money. You know, you know, you've got to really like it cause there's all these costs and stuff. And so I sort of thought like, there's gotta be another way to do it. Like another way around and that's, you know, thank God the game crafter came around. Yeah. I was able to actually do that cause of the print on demand service. But, um, I just like that idea of, um, instead of like asking people for money, ask people to play so yeah i don't i'll do a kickstarter um but we'll see how that goes like i still i'm still trying to run a business and so eventually i'll have to make some sort of profit somewhere step. yeah well, but um for right now it's just going to be um i just pump them out as, as they come in my head so <laughs> well if people want to follow you how best do they do that how best do they find terrier games uh probably instagram um, I don't have a mailing list or anything like that. Um, I'm just really using social media because it's free. It's available. Everyone has it. Yeah. Um, I am on Twitter too, but I uh, mostly just repost. Or I'm on, um, yeah, Twitter too, but I mostly repost from Instagram. So Instagram is probably the best, best place. Awesome. And I noticed if you go to terriergames.com, uh, all your links are on there as well to the game, game crafter, to uh, your, your Instagram pages and so forth. So people can find you there. Uh, it's been awesome having you on this podcast. It's been quite insightful, uh, you know, getting into kind of the mind of, uh, of a developer. So I want to thank you for that and wish you all the best in this coming year. No, you too. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Cheers. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply join the Facebook group Board Game Binge and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.